Coming up next on 2NURFM, Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein. We're going to look at managing your portfolio in uncertain times. There are a few of those around right at the moment. We'll also have a market snapshot with Henry Jennings, Senior Commentator with Marcus Today Financial Newsletter, and we'll look at currency and commodities. And Stephen Pritchard, Newcastle Council, gets a mention in the national press today. Oh, yes, Newcastle Council's made it to the front page of the Australian Financial Review in respect to their economic management. And the comment, the byline is... Um, Looney Tunes. And the comment is, if there was ever been a more absurd expression gesture of politics than the decision that we have that we have from Newcastle City Council, the Financial Review hasn't heard it as yet. Oh, that's pretty strong. <laughs> so ba- basically what Newcastle City Council has decided to do is, is take their $217 million investment portfolio – which I thought they had no money, um, and um, they're not going to invest it with the big four banks anymore because they lend money to coal companies. Right. So, but of course, that's subject to them being able to get comparable uh, interest rates from other financial institutions, and that the council credit ratings be met. Well, of course, the big four bank have the highest credit ratings in Australia, so I, I don't quite know where they're going to get um, the same level of credit rating that. That, that they're currently getting. But in any event, the council's made this decision. It's made the front page of the Financial Review and it's not very complimentary. And they all, the Financial Review also comments that they, they would have thought that the council had better things to do than making a gesture that has a pointless sham, is the comment. And I, I would have thought that's right. I thought they could have concentrated on getting a policy to get the parking meters fixed that, are, that is still not working after a number of weeks. It'd be interesting mm. to see the council's comment on why the parking meters can't be fixed, considering we now have found out we've got $270 million there. Yes, there are some questions, and we'll see if they get addressed in the near future by Newcastle Council. Uh, in the meantime, how are we travelling with commodities? Commodities are... Oh, been a bit it's, of turmoil, it's, it's hasn't a lot, it? a lot of turmoil over the last week. Mm. Um, and interesting, like gold, gold's gone up, which always is seen as the store of value in uncertain times. That, that's up uh, 3% on the week to $1,573 an ounce. Um, silver was down um, 5% to $19.81 an ounce. Um, uh, copper was up. Um, surprisingly, um, by 5% to $7,149 a ton. And uh, nickel and um, tin were both down by 5% on the week to $13,435 a ton and $20,125 a ton, respectively. So, so you know, the, the commodity prices are continuing um, to fall. Right. Mm, and we'll say a bit more about the oil price later as well. That, of course, says something for our economy too, says I suppose. The, 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 well, the, commodities are, the commodity prices are sort of actually raw materials that, you know, copper goes into all sorts of um, electronic pieces and, you know, and nickel, stainless steel manufacturing. So what it's saying is, is the, the demand's falling for the raw materials, so that just flows through to the manufacturing sector and the in consumption sector. And is a lot of that to do with the fact that we export so much to China? Is, are we a, a well, these are, these are worldwide. So we export to a lot of other. The, the oh, this is worldwide, worldwide prices. prices. Okay, yeah. so. it's, it's a symptom. The demand is falling across the world for these type of uh, commodities. Mm. Yeah, okay. and um, the the um, currency as well. There's a sea of red ink here as the Australian dollar continues to fall. Um, we, we were down three um, percent on the week on the US dollar to uh, seventy-one point two two cents, and we're down to the Great British pound by one point six. 
1.8% to 46 pence, and we're down um, by 1.3% against the Canadian dollar to 94 Canadian cents and 3% against the euro to 62. What did we side the euro currency was? Euro cents? Euro cents. Yeah. So 62 euro cents. 100 euro cents is yeah. one euro. Yeah, so, so the Australian dollar, the Australian dollar continues to fall. Um, you know, that's in line with the Reserve Bank's expectations mm. that that would happen. And they, are they wanting that to happen? They, they want that to happen, yeah. yeah. There's talk now of it falling to 65 cents, which if you've got overseas investments, um, you're getting a free kick on those. Um, but, of course, if you're wanting to travel overseas, yeah, your travelling cost is going up by That's the a kick day. the other way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so no more travelling overseas, Jane. <laughs> and of course, your favourite thing, the crude oil price. Um, the crude oil price was was down two point six percent for the week to fifty four dollars. Wex tests us intermediate. Now the US dollar price is below fifty, mm-hmm. well below fifty dollars. So so the oil price is continuing to fall. Um, and At the Bowser, the Bowser uh, was down as well um, to a dollar thirty a litre unleaded in Newcastle, which is down four percent on the week. And Sydney was down four percent to a dollar twenty four cents a litre. So there's a six cents a litre difference between Sydney and Newcastle. And the diesel price was was down one point five percent to a dollar thirty one, and Sydney was down to a dollar twenty six. Now those percentage decreases they don't reflect the drop in the oil, the crude oil prices. Do no, they? not in the short term. No, in the, crude the short oil, term, the crude oil prices the. Um, is the uh, is the uh, wholesale price market on the world market, and you know that's the crude oil side of that. There's you know, shipping to Australia if it's coming from overseas, then refining processes. Then um, although most deal is now refined overseas, um, and then it's delivery from the bulk terminal to your local garage and to your car. So there's a lot of steps in between. Mm. Yep. Yes. And I think we missed the, uh, the markets, the uh, equity markets around the world there with the excitement to getting to oil. Um, yeah, so, so the oil ordinaries was down uh, 3.7% on the week. Um, yeah, not too bad considering we had a couple of days there where it was really bad. Mm. And um, um, the, the Dow Jones was down 6% on the week to 16,285. The NASDAQ was down 6% in the week to 4,697. Uh, the FTSE was down uh, 6% on the week to 5.97. And the Nikkei, which is the the Japanese index, which had been going up quite strongly until recently, is down nine percent on the week to eighteen thousand three hundred seventy six. The Hang Seng, which is, is a kind of a you know a um, proxy for what's happening in the Chinese market, was down nine percent, as you'd kind of expect, to twenty one thousand and eighty for the week. And all Big of those drops. downward trends are why our topic a little bit later on today mm. is managing your portfolio in uncertain yeah, So times. looking at those, it's not too bad here in Australia. We're only down 3% on the week. This is Thursday Finance and it's time for our market snapshot with Henry Jennings, Stephen Pritchard. Hi, Henry. Good afternoon, Stephen. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. I mean, uh, things have been a bit... Uh, rough over the last couple of weeks, but but uh, the last week particularly, but it's not all bleak, is it? I mean, Blakemores have uh, cracked $100. Blakemores are the um, the second company uh, recently to crack $100, yes. They're actually, uh, would you believe it, $106 today. $106 today. Yeah. And they've kind of just come from nowhere. They've just been going the last you know couple of months. They've just, just gone up and up and up. Um, well, certainly it's been, it's been a market favourite. I mean, we, we've seen this 
um, in a lot of stocks. If you are uh, in vogue and you're doing a good job, and they certainly are, um, the market does chase you higher and higher. Um, it's, um, it was only back at the beginning of this year that the stock was um, sub $40, around 35 bucks. So um, it has tripled, basically, uh, actually more than tripled in a year. Um, basically, the, 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 the biggest reason is the, uh, there's the growth in China, um, their desire for um, health supplements and vitamins, and this has really been uh, the, the big factor in, uh, in Blackmore's. So it, it's been a, a fantastic success story and a local success story as well, I might say. Um, I'm down on the Northern Beaches, and uh, Blackmore's is a, a Monavale Northern Beaches uh, company, so it's... Uh, it's very much a local success story and not that far from you guys in Newcastle. No, 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 and it's the quality brand. I mean, that's what's attracting it. A lot of the sales are going offshore to China and it's the yeah. quality brand. And I, I saw the managing director comment the other day that um, they're now having trouble keeping up with the, the demand because um, a lot of Blackmore's products use, um, you know, raw materials such as uh, herbs and um, other things like that, which which supply is limited. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, and, and well, they all just use placebos. I'm sure they'd have about the same effect. Yeah, well, there was a company that tried to do that, wasn't <laughs> there? And they're no longer here. Um, and and um, at they're saying that the the, the the interview from the MD said that um, she expected that this was only the beginning. Well, it's yeah. I mean, you would imagine that at some stage this you know, it will run out of steam. But the, the counter argument would say that maybe one of the multinationals would look at it um, and, uh, and make a bid for it. It sort of gets big enough that it gets on a few people's radars. Um, mm. It is a family business and a local yep. business. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just been a, a marvellous success story. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, of course, is uh, BHP uh, is uh, winding back their forecasts on Chinese uh, iron ore demand and coal demand and steel demand again. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had an absolute turbulent ride um, this week in, in most stocks, and BHP is, has been no exception. We had the numbers out this week. Um, I guess the only good thing is that they have, have drawn a line in the sand, whether it is a Maginot line or whether it's a, a real line, but it is a, a line nonetheless that they will continue to pursue what they call the progressive dividend policy, which is basically pushing dividends up um, every year. Um, the dividends also is, is, is paid in, in US dollars and then uh, converted into Australian dollars. For, so for Australian tax or for Australian investors, they're, they're getting 7.6% fully frank yield at the moment in BHP, which is, and that BHP are guaranteeing it. So you've got the biggest mining company in the world guaranteeing your yield, despite the fact that, as you say, China is, uh, is slowing down, um, I wouldn't say dramatically, but they've certainly cut their forecasts for the amount of steel that, uh, what they call peak steel. But um, it, it's a hard economy to read China, and um, we've seen that this week with the, with the immense volatility that we've had. It'll be a long time since BHP's yield at 7%. I can never remember yielding 7%. That's a long time since anything that's of, of that quality has yielded 7%, except in, in, uh, in market crashes. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, and speaking of market crashes, for those people who don't uh, believe real estate can fall in value, there was an interesting article in today's uh, financial review about a house in Port Hedland. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the picture of the house. It's no, it's no glamour either. And, no, it's no glamour down, house. And clubs come down from 1.3 and they're, they're looking like they're going to be selling it for sort of 400, 420. So it just shows the effect um, of the, you know, when, when the... Uh, when the, when the 
circus leaves town, unfortunately. Um, there are a lot of investors that are holding these, these houses that, um, that are not looking too flash. Many yeah. of the banks have been warning for, for, I guess, some months now about the, the, the potential mortgage stress for some of these mining uh, towns or mining exposed towns. So hardly, uh, hardly a surprise given the, uh, the slowdown in the mining sector. Yeah, I mean, it's a big fall too. From 2011, it was sold for 1.3 and now it's being sold for between 400 and 420, if they can well, get a buy. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I mean, property is just like shares. Yeah. Um, the difference with property uh, to shares is that uh, every day we don't revalue someone's yeah. house. That's right. Uh, whereas the shares are revalued every yeah. millisecond these days. Yeah. So, um, you know, you don't see a loss or a profit till you crystallise that much like um, shares, but unfortunately emotions, fear and greed get mm-hmm. in the way during the meantime. Um, I think if we had our houses valued every day or every minute of every day on an ongoing basis, mm-hmm. it would probably scare the pants off. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. <laughs> and then um, talking about uh, greed, uh, seven groups, despite announcing a fall in profit, um, you know, have announced that um, they see the depressed market conditions will create buying opportunities for them. Well, I guess you've got to say, duh. I mean, at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of companies in Seven's position. Um, they're all looking around for where the growth's going to come. It, we're, we're living in a low growth, low inflation, low interest rate environment. So inevitably, there will be consolidation of all sectors, I suspect. Um, Seven Group, no surprises there that they're looking at the oil sector. They've made some forays into there before, um, and they're looking for maybe trying to tie up the, the beach drill mm. search kind mm-hmm. of um, merger between those two companies and, and get involved there. So um, Seven's long been, well, certainly for the last couple of years, has been looking in the oil and gas sector, and that's, that's obviously one that they, they feel there's, there's good uh, long-term outlook for, despite the fact the oil price is, mm-hmm. um, is sub $40 a barrel at the moment. Well, we might uh, just take a short uh, break here and come back and talk to you about uh, what's happening down at Woolworths. Yeah. This is Thursday Finance, our market snapshot. Stephen Pritchard with Henry Jennings and Woolworths you're talking about. Ah, Woolworths, there's this talk of board changes at Woolworths and so there should be. Well, there should be. Woolworths has kind of lost their, um, I guess, lost their mojo is a polite way of putting it. They've, they've lost their way. They're in a, a transition period. The, um, the previous CEO has, has fallen on his sword. They also lost their head of Big W recently with some some uh, strange uh, antics. Um, so you, know, you cannot isolate a board from a management issue. They, they two work hand in glove, and it's about time that we saw a shake-up from uh, the board or on the board. And it looks like uh, Tuesdays um, we're going to see the, um, the chairman um, stepping aside and a bit of a board reshuffle. Ah, so, so do we, the chairman's going to just resign as chairman or resign from the board altogether? I think he's going to go from the board altogether. Uh, I assume he's going to get a payout. Oh, one, would, one would like to think so. One would not, you know, not like to think that he's starving after the job they've done. He would probably get Woolies groceries for life as well thrown in. Aldi groceries. He doesn't deserve Woolies groceries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't put Aldi down. Their chocolate's fantastic. Ah, okay, I'm trying not to eat any of that. <laughs> and then Santos is now looking at a capital raising to, to, to uh, via well, either share or a hybrid issue. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Santos is, is looking at, at raising some money. I don't know if they're really looking at the capital raising, given the share price is hovering around this five-buck level. Um, I guess what they are doing is uh, looking at 
ways to uh, to raise money. Equity raising is one of them. It's a very expensive way to raise money if the stock is at five dollars. Um, they pretty much said that all options are on the table. They are talking about asset sales. They have got those wonderful euphemistic strategic reviews in place at the moment. Um, and the current CEO, David Knox, has um, has announced that he will be stepping aside. So um, it's all changed at Santos. There's, there's, as um, we talked about seven, there's deals being done in the oil sector. I think there's the, the most amount of mergers and acquisitions done in the oil sector ever at the moment. So it's quite possible that um, you know we may see some some moves there as well. There's some interesting um, tie-ups they have with oil search and with Exxon and P&G, so it mm-hmm. will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, there doesn't appear to be anything operationally wrong with the company. It's just that the oil prices has um, fallen far more than anyone thought. And well, um, that, that and also the, the, the problem they've got is they've got nearly $9 billion worth of debt, yeah, and once the right. market senses blood, of mm. course, they do tend to uh, mm. to push you into doing things that you wouldn't want mm. to do under normal circumstances. And at the moment, the market certainly senses blood um, in Santos, um, and there's a lot of investment bankers that would be pretty happy to be um, polishing up their... Um, Knives. Sort of, uh, their, their, their knives um, to stick it to them so they can uh, get the um, get the rights issue away for them. Yes, and then of course oil search, which is the PNG or companies um, eyeing some of Santos's assets off. They say they've got plenty of money to buy them. Well, they've got plenty of money, so they say. So um, yeah, they certainly are eyeing off some of Santos's assets. They've got a thirteen um, percent stake in the Exxon uh, PNG LNG project, uh, which they think is well. Brokers think is worth around four billion dollars. Um, there are sort of preemptive rights triggers and all sorts of complications, but certainly oil search could be one um, that comes to the. Um, I don't know if rescue is the right word in Santos. Uh, maybe it's, it's more a sort of a vulture thing, but mm-hmm. uh, but certainly um, they could be one involved in any deals being done. And then uh, back to something different is that. There's a, a company which I can't quite pronounce the name. Um, produce, Asalea. Asalea produces uh, uh, nappies. Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. Well, they also um, they're also the company behind Sorbent, um, and they've recently listed on the exchange. Not to a particularly happy time, unfortunately. But one of their other businesses is they make nappies. Mainly, unfortunately, they make uh, generic private label nappies under contracts, which has been a tough business. Most uh, new parents. Um, would like to um, like to nappy up their child in um, in something that has a good brand name and Huggies is the number one brand. Mm-hmm. Um, this company's launched a brand called Treasures, but as yet they haven't really made a lot of penetration into the market. And certainly, you know, private label nappies for your new arrival is not the best look. So um, they seem to be suffering a little bit there. They say that other people should be marketing their brands better. But um, anyway, we'll see. Yeah, there, there seems to be two views on this private labelling. Some people say it's starting to fade away, and others, like David Jones, is rolling out more. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, mm. it's been very popular overseas. I mean, I'm a, I'm a palm, and private labels have been around for donkey's years, and um, Tesco's ran into some problems with it um, recently. Um, you know, people still like brands. People still um, are, are marketed to by, by brands. And they're sold on brands. There is a cachet in brands. Mm-hmm. There are staples along the way that you can get away with. That um, you know, sugar is you know, and flour and those sorts of things. Flour is flour and sugar is sugar. It shouldn't, uh, shouldn't right. be any different. But um, you know, there's a lot more cachet in uh, in a Giorgio Armani suit than there is in a um, in a um, a Lowe's suit. 
That's right. That's right. And uh, APA is pushing and trying to expand a, a pipeline to the Northern Territory. Yeah, this, this, is a, this is a good stock, APA. It's certainly one of the ones that... Excellent. You know, we, we've had a, a terrible, terrible time in the, uh, in the markets with, with massive volatility. Um, you know, last night we had a, um, a US market that was up 600-odd points. APA seems to pop up on most people's radars, um, and they think uh, brokers are now talking about this, this pipeline to Northern Territory could be a big catalyst for a re-rating of the, uh, of the stock. Um, you know, there's a couple of brokers talking that it could add sort of 50 cents to, um, to their earnings um, and their valuation. So um, the final submissions are due on the 31st of September, so, um, so we'll wait and see whether they get the go-ahead, but um, it, it certainly could be another big kicker for an already very much in demand stock. That, that stock's been a very good performer, and clients have done very well if they've held that for a few years. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid, stable kind of uh, business. It's, uh, again, it come, comes down to, I guess, providing infrastructure for, um, for, for some of these um, bulk commodities, whether it's gas, whether it's coal. You know, we've seen um, you know, even things like Orison have, have not done badly considering they're involved in mining services to an extent. But what, you know, you've seen other companies in mining services that have done terribly. But mm. Uh, mm. transporting stuff around seems to not be uh, quite such a, a, a risky a, business. And one last thing is Ingenia Communities is going to um, start doing greenfields developments. Yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting yeah. as well, isn't it? Ingenia, uh, uh, they're the owner of uh, nursing homes, I guess you'd, you'd say. Um, and um, it looks like they are, um, are looking to, um, instead of just buying them and running them, they're actually going to develop them um, um, from from scratch. So, it obviously there's a lot more risk in developing greenfield sites as opposed to uh, what's known as mm-hmm. brownfields, which are already up and running. But um, now these retiree states that they're they're, they're looking at um, can be very lucrative. So, mm-hmm. um, and they're looking at IRRs of between twelve and fifteen percent mm-hmm. on some of these new facilities. So, yeah, that's certainly not to be squeezed at. Particularly in today's interest rate invite. Okay, yeah. well. Thanks for that, Henry. Um, well, good luck with the, with the market, Stephen. It's been a, it's been oh, a, a, a very volatile ride. We've, we've certainly um, seen a little bit of stability return, but um, yeah, it, could, it could change at any moment. A couple of things I've wanted to buy haven't, haven't actually moved. I was trying no, it's to, always try- the trouble, isn't it? Yeah, no, I've yeah. been trying to buy some of that Beacon Group for ages and that Hewan Aquaculture, and they don't, they don't seem to... I'm thinking yeah, I'll get a bargain here, and they're not moving. Well, unfortunately, it's, it's always the trouble that uh, the big stocks get whacked, mm. uh, mainly because it's the overseas guys and the traders that are using them, whereas the actual um, underlying businesses that you, you're looking at and buying, uh, as you say, the Beacon and the Hewans, which are both in good sectors, yeah. um, just don't move. No. Um, I thought I'd so, pick them up for a bargain. Yeah, no, well, unfortunately, I, mean, I guess you would do in, in what you know in, in, a, in a proper crash, but this, yeah, is, this I think, a, has just been a, a yeah, minor air pocket. A, mi- that, a minor air pocket. That's caused a, a few, uh, a few you know, people to get very... Uh, yeah, well, let's hope we can fly out of it and talk about it next week. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a global reset in terms of growth expectations and uh, various other things. So hopefully okay. all that will stable from here. 
Okay, thanks, Henry. Thanks very much, Henry Jennings, Senior Commentator with Marcus Today Financial Newsletter with our Market Snapshot. Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and 49216216 if you've got a question or a comment you'd like to put to Stephen. And that's what David has done when he's rung in from Charlestown. David, what would you like to say to Stephen? Hi, David. Hey, Steve. Good. Hey, mate. Hey, Steve. Um, you know, going back a few years when the share market, like, really stuffed up and... And a lot of a lot of people lost uh, a lot of their superannuation. Um, I think the way the I'm a bit concerned the way the share market's going at the moment. We're probably going to have the same result. Do you think that might be going to happen? Uh, you're talking about 2009. Yeah, you know, like um, yeah, people lost a hell of a lot of money in their in their super. You know, when lost a fair bit, you know, uh, yeah, 10,000, yeah. 20,000. Well, well, it all, all depends, you know. You need to have a look at... Um, so so you, you've got... We're talking about a specific fund here or, or, or just generally? Just generally because, you okay. know, like I've, okay. um, I've seen, seen the um, financial advisor and she's just put money across the... Uh, you know, across across the board in, share, in the share market, you know, in all the mostly blue-chip market and that. Okay, well, the blue chip market's generally the most volatile. Um, so what, what you need to think about is, is you've gone and seen this financial advisor. What you should be talking about is the level of risk you're prepared to take. Now, if you do a, which we're going to actually come on to this in a moment, but we can talk about it now. Um, you need to think about the level of risk you need to take and the, and the strategy that, 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 um, you're going to adopt. Now, um, you can you can have a investment portfolio from one that's you know 100% in shares, and the other uh, the other side of the equation would be one that was 100% in cash. Now the the cash one will produce you a return of around two and a half percent on the cash rate at the moment, and yeah. the, the the share one over the full market cycle, which is generally around seven years, should produce on on historical averages around nine to eleven percent. Okay. Now, what you need to do is you need to have a think about how much risk you're prepared to take, and then you you know you should be your advisor should be able to 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 um, do a rough calculation. Now, on our balance portfolio that that our firm uses, thirty percent of that is in Australian shares. So what that means that if the market as a whole which is your equity portfolio, fell by 25%, you would lose approximately 8% of your money. Now, you need to think about it in those terms. How much risk are you prepared to take to trade off for the additional terms? And the financial planner should be, you know, it's not that a complex calculation. You can do it on one page, piece of paper, tell you how much money you would lose if the share market fell by 25 or 15 or 10 percent that's just a weighted average calculation and that's what you need to be comfortable with so yeah. the first thing um, you need to look is where your money is actually invested the the say so there'll be some in cash some in fixed interest and a balanced portfolio should have about 50 percent of the money in cash and fixed interest and then that will be relatively stable and the other side of the portfolio is the growth assets and there'll be some australian shares some fixed interest or some australian shares some international shares and um um, property type assets there. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just seems to me that you know, like going back a lot of years when people lost money from from banks closing down, and or you know, and then the government passed a lot that. Banks no, 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 no one in Australia has lost money from a bank closing down oh, since been, the nineteen thirties. 
might have been a what you call it, um, you know, a Bendigo building, a building society, you know, and so they've they've made a law that people can't lose money by from a building society and all that. I think I don't know why the government's not backing people up, you know, like with their. Well, that, that's not that's not quite right. That's not quite right. I mean, I'll probably bug it up. What I'm yeah, saying, but you know, there, there's there's a, there's a there's a government guarantee on deposits of up to two hundred and fifty thousand with a financial institution. Now, a deposit. Is, is on one side of the risk equation, which we're talking about cash and fixed interest, and shares, owning the financial institution, having shares in the financial institution is completely different. Yeah, but right, I was so just we need saying to get the government, the government should guarantee when it, when it affects your super, because they're, they're trying to get to the stage where people can retire, and with the super, and maybe there should be some kind of guarantee from the government that you're not going to lose money in your super, but... Well, I mean, you can do that. You you can put all the money into cash, yeah, and right. and, and, and you know that you will get you will get the guarantee. I mean, it all comes back to the risk return trade off. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, first of all, you know, and this is what we're going to talk about. So we can spend a bit more time on this call than we usually would. Yeah. So first of all, you need to set your investment strategy, and you need to take into account what risk you're prepared to take, and and that comes back to how much you're going to keep in fixed interest cash and then you know your share your Australian shares your international shares and, and your property and all of those asset classes will perform differently at different times so once you've looked at your strategy the next thing is not to panic you should be able to calculate how much what your potential losses are it's not that difficult all right and then you need to keep some cash aside so, you know, we always say if you've got a super fund and, 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 you know, you're drawing a pension out, you want to keep about three years in cash or term deposits. So you can always draw the money out without having to sell your investments when you're low. Now, if you did that in 2009, um, that would have taken you up to 2012. Um, the market was well on the way to recovery there. So you didn't really lose anything. People who lost money were the ones who were forced to sell. Yeah, and Jane's, Jane's telling me we're going to have point. to have no, a... No, no, I'm not telling you that. I'm just thinking that this is a really good lead in this question of David's to um, managing your portfolio. And we've yep. already looked at strategies. So thanks very much for that, David. Um, and of course, um, everybody gets a little bit worried, don't they? Yeah, you, you've got to, can, particularly super money, you've got to be careful. You've got to take less risk than you normally would. And, and you've got to look at funding your pension payments, for, I reckon, for at least the three years. So, you, you know, if you want $60,000 a year coming out of there, you should look at having, you know, 180000 in one year, two year, three year term deposit-like things. Yes, you're only going to get a lower rate of return, but you know you're not going to have to sell your other investments when they might be down. So then, um, cash. We've always talked. You always talked need about to have a bit of cash, and then you know, 50%. a number of our clients, you know, are looking um, now for buying opportunities. If you if you got some cash around, I mean, as we we're speaking about, Henry said yesterday, BHP is now yielding. Um, sorry, earlier it's now yielding seven percent. No one can remember when BHP yielded seven percent, and BHP is basically guaranteed the dividends going forward. Yes, so um, not only the big companies can be looking for buying opportunities. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you need well. to you need to look around at what things you like to buy. I mean, even um, you know, buying opportunity, Platinum Asset Management's got a new um, Asia investment company that they're they're listing in the process for raising money for. Um, if you think the Chinese share markets um, and the Asian share markets are down, now is probably not a t- bad time to invest in that. So you know, 
if, if you've got a portfolio of a million dollars, it wouldn't be unreasonable to put something like $25,000 into that. Into that. And, yeah. uh, and so that is a safe way. A safe way. Like. It all comes back to diversifying, knowing your risk, um, and working out where you want to be, and most importantly, don't panic. The worst thing you can do is when the market sells, you know, go and tip out all your your, your investments, put it all in a cash, and then four years later, um, everything's recovered, and you're still getting your two and a half percent. Right. So um, try and maximise what you've got and uh, keep it going. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that's just about the end of Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. We'll be back with Thursday Finance next Thursday after the midday news for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners.